This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's a... called My Old Man. Target on his left, and now Harahan, brilliant control from the Irish. Wesley Sunil! Harahan with the assist, and Wesley going gold crazy at Carrow Road. Wesley in the right place. At the right time. Welcome to the by royal appointment My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, two of Prince George's minders, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Dan Rogers, who also uh, moonlights with the VillaUnderground.com. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Successful trip taking the young subject to his first Villa game at Norwich. Went swimmingly. We only we only take him to five ones now. So that's the problem. He's going to think Prince George <laughs> is going to think that this is the norm. That's an this interesting baseline norm. expectation for a Villa fan. Isn't it? <laughs> You see it online, uh, especially around this Liverpool uh, ticket, where suddenly the prices doubled uh, mm. for Liverpool, where some parents are saying, oh, yeah, my kid's been enjoying it. Like the back end of last season, I started taking them to games. I'm not taking them to the Liverpool game, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to see them crushed with the reality of what supporting Villa actually is. Saying that, I've, I, I want Liverpool to be unbeaten by the time they get to... Uh, well, I want them 100% by the time they get to Villa Park, because I want Villa to be the team that uh, puts a little dent in their uh, league charge. It's possible. And we also need uh, we need some revenge for that 6-0. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know, Valentine's the... Day as well. <sighs> Is it? It was Valentine's Day, wasn't it, with that game? Oh, I thought you meant... No, I was just God. thinking, I've got a ticket for Villa Liverpool, and I thought it was in November, but now it's in Valentine's Day. Is this a Sky thing or something? <laughs> anyway, coming up in the show, we will uh, go through the uh, rather fabulous 5-1 victory at Carrow Road. It was never in doubt. You know, we expected seven or eight, to be honest. Mm. 
Also, we will uh, go through the uh, the usual three points where we go back to Iran, our favourite place, where the governments have succumbed to the pressure that we've put on them uh, through this podcast. I mean, we are influencing international policy now. There's also been movement on the issue of standing at football and also uh, an innovation from Japan Airlines, which I think can be co-opted by uh, football and uh, could be very useful, especially with Liverpool uh, coming up on the horizon. Uh, anyway, we'll, we won't have a Scott Hogan touch count because the reigning champion, Dan Rogers, can't be tarnished by taking on Chris Budd again, who he's defeated. Is it twice on the trot? It's it was it's turning into Scottish football, you know, where they they play each other four times in the season. Don't yeah, they? I was feeling yeah, it was just becoming a merciless <laughs> whipping, wasn't it? It's just like Celtic against who uh, St Johnston or something or yeah, Falkirk some Parks team. Yeah. So uh, we will uh, summon up a fresh challenger to have a crack at the undisputed uh, Scott Hogan touch I'm laughing on the challenge inside, crown. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still there, Chris? Sorry. You're going to have to rebuild your kudos, Chris. You're going to have to go around the, you know, minor the minor leagues and take on a few uh, other players to build up your cachet before you can get a crack at the champion again. Yeah, the unions, you're dropping down to the Gary Gardner touch count meter. No, I'm going to raise the bar by actually going and getting more touches than the actual Scott Hogan for Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now to earn a buck, you're going to have to go into the underworld of bare knuckles, Scott Hogan, touch count meters, a bit more unsavory. At least if we get a run out. Right, let's go into uh, the three points uh, quickly. Uh, just b- before we start, let's do, let's try something new. Ooh. Who who's who wants to be the guinea pig for this? We're going to call it the Villa Dump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want you to dump in 60 seconds what you thought of the game and anything that comes to mind, any stats, basically first impressions. So we get 60 seconds of the game before we uh, get into the three points. Well, okay, who's volunteering then? This is just a test. You have a go, you have a go, you have a go, you have a go. Okay. 60 seconds. Chris Bird, just first impressions in the Villa dump. We came out the traps quickly, got the early goal, got on top quickly. I thought Norwich started reasonably brightly. It was even until probably the second goal. Wesley took... Both his goals really well. Should have buried his penalty. Should have buried the rebound, in fact. Didn't. Good save by their keeper. (laughs) Alas, never mind. Grealish with a really well-crafted goal. Slightly similar to the Rotherham one last season. Me think so. Really good finish. Great assist by Al Ghazi. I think Horahan, he'll gain confidence from his performance again. Great finish from him. Fantastic finish from Louise, yet again. Probably the goal of the game. Target. Stepped up to the plate again. He was the out ball, as we've said in the previous podcasts. Opens up the midfield for McGinn, Grealish, Horahan to bomb forward. They all had good games. Slightly tarnished by the stupid Mings error at the end of the game, which is a bit of a minor annoyance, but never mind. Eng- Engels with a slight injury, but potentially should be okay. Three points. Thank you very much. Good night. There you go. Very good. Very, very good. good. Thank you for that. Right, that sets up the rest of the show. That's that's for those people who, who just can't get through 10 minutes without the mention of Aston Villa. But anyway, we'll discuss the Norwich game in full force coming up shortly. Right, first of all, three points. Well, this week saw finally, finally the long-awaited government review on standing. Uh, going back to uh, last year, this is something... Uh, after more pressure on Tracy Crouch, the then sports minister, basically... This is the first time that the government have actually uh, opened up the discussion uh, since uh, 1989 on standing in uh, stadiums. So essentially now uh, the the report's out there. I think I uh, put it out on social media. Basically, they just want 
robust evidence to suggest uh, that uh, rail seats and safe standing will improve spectator safety. So that's a challenge, really. And, and I think they're, they're very open to trials now. So this is something, obviously, Wolves and Spurs have moved in position with by future fitting rail seats mm. and uh, there's an opportunity there for Aston Villa to step up because initially they were one of the first Premier League clubs when they were a Premier League club who uh, basically put their hat in the ring for it and suggested they would do a trial but it'd be interesting to see if the current uh, establishment at the club will uh, step forward as well because the last few owners have been uh, 100% behind it so uh, we'll see what happens I mean the upshot is it's the government basically saying prove it's safe and it shall be so you know more bureaucracy and obviously there's going to be a bit of a wait but at least there's a path now and you can see how progress can take place point number two this has been a weekly uh, occurrence. We go back to Iran to find out uh, some good news as our sisters in Iran have a positive outcome. Uh, Mr. Dan Rogers, you are our Iranian correspondent. So please regale the good news. So this is the the very good news, I suppose, after pressure from, from uh, international policy pressure from this podcast that... <laughs> and after FIFA came out and basically strong-armed uh, Iran to uh, let women into the upcoming World Cup qualifiers and they've released 3,500 tickets for women to attend the upcoming Cambodia game. All those tickets have been have been snapped up and these things don't come without their caveats. So I suppose that the, it's important for me to say that these women have to sit in a designated female section. Not quite sure yeah. what that looks like. But this is, this is I think, a, a necessary and an important step after the, the tragic death of uh, Sahar Khodiyar who, who uh, well, she she died having uh, set herself alight in protest of these archaic and backward uh, laws in Iran. Well, she, she got a prison sentence, or she was facing a prison. She sentence. was facing six months uh, for being six months imprisonment for impersonating a man trying to enter an Iranian game. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, at least her death has actually has not been in vain. But it's, I mean, it's sad it has to actually get to that. But I think uh, FIFA are sending a task force to make sure that this actually uh, goes to plan. Mm, it's an important issue. Right. Meanwhile, point number three. We used to uh, talk about points that have nothing to do with football and relate them to football. So this is a bit of an old school uh, mm. three points. Japan Airlines have introduced a seat map which shows you where a baby will be seated on your flight. It's always one of those pet hates that come out uh, when you get on a flight. Uh, a lot of people don't want to uh, be next to kids. I mean, I have kids and I try not to be next to them. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's also a thing that there's, there's a lot of, there's not much empathy with people, is there? When they see a kid <laughs> and it's not theirs, it's like, get it away from me. When you think about it now, I mean, even on a, when you get away tickets, uh, let's relate this to Aston Villa. On away tickets, you can see the seat plan now. On a home tickets, if you're a season ticket holder, you know where you're sitting anyway. But if you're buying a, a, a seat ad hoc for the game, wouldn't it be good if there was warnings on who... <laughs> Who is around you? For example, uh, maybe they could like have a colour code for the cunt in front or the twat at the back. And you need to watch the anti-Semite <laughs> on the right. Mm. Or, you know, maybe a colour code for fans that might be singing racist songs as well. Mm. Or, or when you go away from home, you could have the nightmare with a flare. <laughs> Because everyone wants wants pyrotechnics off the back of their head, don't they? Probably won't be putting that on a T-shirt, to be honest, Chris. (laughs) Nice, nice rhyming couplet, though. Thanks, mate. It also would be handier on Villa Park seating plans uh, for games like Liverpool or Manchester United, Mm. where... Spot the Scouser. Yeah, where where it would highlight in the halt if there's a Scouser sitting next to you or or a Mank who's... uh, 
They're never Manx, David. We all know this. They're always Cockneys. <laughs> I notice on the categories for the Liverpool tickets that uh, it's not just Claret members for the first choice. It's one game booking history and Claret members. Mm. So you've got to be a Claret member with one game. And that's since 2017. Six, so it's, yeah, it's loose. 16, 17. Yeah, 16, mm. 17. But it's basically an anti-Scouser provision. <laughs> it's basically to stop Scousers suddenly buying... You know, when I say Scousers, I mean Liverpool fans. I'm using a broad term to describe Liverpool fans. They don't have to necessarily derive from uh, Liverpool. But uh, it's basically to pre- prevent Liverpool fans you know, getting tickets in the home end. But maybe they've been planning ahead. They're maybe Maybe they've, you know, thought, well, you know, Villa are going to get promoted in at least three seasons, so I'm going to go to one of their home games, just so I've got booking history. I don't know anyone who bought a membership for another club just to get a ticket for an away game before. But it's, <laughs> but it's a classic trick. I mean, I, you know, I've pulled it. I don't mind admitting it that you yeah. have to buy a membership to get to guarantee a seat. So that's why they're having the plus one game routine. Anyway, before we uh, crack on with the uh, Villa Norwich game, the the victorious five nil. Mings, what what did you do, boy? That's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say 5-0, not 5-1. Anyway, uh, just a quick shout out uh, to the good villains that make this possible. The My Old Man Said patrons. Want to first of all give a big shout out to uh, Prince George for signing up after the Norwich game. Also uh, <laughs> Thomas Linton, Jake Chin, Daniel Wayne, Alex Moland and Nathan Evans. I was just starting to slow down there. I was just making sure there wasn't any made up names in this one. No, I didn't get that. <laughs> but thank you very much. You you all have access now to the anti-preview. And uh, there's another show that uh, once we get on a roll, uh, hopefully that will come out weekly as well or, or at least fortnightly. But yeah, please do if you're thinking of supporting the show, which will be much appreciated. Uh, it gets us through these dark nights, uh, the depression of having to sit around editing this. Anyway, uh, thank you very much. If you want to uh, join it, please go to the myomensed.com website and click on the patron link and all the information will be there. Any questions, uh, get in touch. Uh, also, if you're on Facebook and uh, you want an easy life and you want to do it all within Facebook, you can become a Facebook supporter as well. Uh, just on the Facebook page of Said, you'll see the supporter button. Just press that for more details. Right. On to Norwich. Norwich City, one. Aston Villa, five. Ooh. Smith, same team. I, I was I was trying to work out if I was surprised. I, I was expecting Wesley to play. I mean, that was all, I think that was a load of bollocks. Suddenly people are calling for Keenan Davis. And you're just thinking, yeah, as soon as Keenan, Keenan Davis doesn't score in his first game, he's going to get, he's going to be the next scapegoat. With Wesley, it was just a case of, uh, you've got to play to him, as, as we've said. Mm. You've got to get midfielders further up the pitch. And so I expected him to play. I mean, as you know, we, we, you know what we said about him in the last episode, and it's about his attitude about less time focused on diving and crying dying. and dying literally <laughs> dying and more focused on being that you know using your strength and being the thorn in the, the opposition mm. side uh norwich uh, obviously a lot of talk about them having nine to ten players out so uh, which we were obviously constantly reminded of uh but you know, as people have pointed out on social media, when you look at the team that started against Villa compared to the one uh, where Norwich beat Manchester City 3-2, there's only three differences in there. Mm. I think, was Tim Krull one of them, the goalkeeper? But I thought I thought McGovern had a decent enough game. He kept the score down, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously they've got some, you know, their defence is, uh, I mean, I think their forward line's pretty much uh, their first first team selection, isn't it? 
Pookie and the boys up front. Yeah, so you've got it's Cal mainly well, Steeperman and people like that. Yeah, these are still yeah, it's mainly their players. defense. And I think Smith sensed that, and that's why he he, he just basically pushed people. And finally, they they finally, worked out. I was about to say, went yeah. in for the kill. You get midfielders in the box. I mean, it was it was completely different. If you map, if you took a picture of how Villa were attacking in this game and overlaid it in terms of the from the games that they you know the last seven games. Mm. You'll find two or three extra players in the box in this Norwich game, and I think key key to that was actually the the thing you mentioned slightly earlier, which was that we we provided some service to to Wesley. You know that the guy yeah. wasn't starved of oxygen up front; he actually saw saw the ball. And I think a lot of that was uh, targets uh, getting up there, and suddenly the, mm. I don't know that it, it's almost like the the midfield can click into a gear because they've got an ex- extra option on that left hand side. Yeah, mm. there's a there's a real feel of balance. Coming now, I mean, there was there was glimpses of it for about 45, 50 minutes against Burnley and um, where you thought, oh, OK, you, you can see now how Smith wants this team to set up. Target makes mm. a huge difference for me. I'm not going to say he's the key man because he's not, but in terms of the difference he makes to the dynamic overall of how he gets the best out of the better players, having him there where he can push on means you can now play a yeah. five-man midfield when you've, when you've got the ball yeah. and you can be more solid without the ball. And I thought that was reflected... On the right side as well, that yeah. though though Gilbert for me isn't necessarily the best defensive. You know, he's like Target. His ability to get into an, an advanced midfield role, it's it's an overlap, isn't it? And there's it's yeah. very very yeah. difficult to, especially if you switch the players. We did a few times that you can almost allow for the fact that you know we might be on the chase sometimes, and that did happen against Norwich. Or I think Gilbert was was recovering a few times, and same for Target. But it makes it a completely different proposition because it frees those midfielders to, as, as Hurahan did to good effect, actually found himself in and around the box and you yeah. start winning penalties, you start picking up the scraps. And it yeah. was, uh, uh, I mean, what, what can we say? that we, we, we were right all along and finally Smith's listened to this podcast and, and uh, put into place. <laughs> I mean, some we've, of... <laughs> we've said it um, previously about sort of Wesley and that give the guy some credit when he's actually been put in front of goal for the most part from what we've mm. seen of him. He's actually re- he's been reasonably clinical. You know, I think the penalty, his, his the first penalty finish miss, was excellent. First finish is excellent. I think the second one he should score, but he does. It's very similar to the Arsenal goal. Yeah, if you yeah, give yeah. him chances that way, you know, give him good service. I think he's going to score goals. It's. I think he had six shots in this game, and only yeah. one of them wasn't on target. And the key, you know, for the penalty, the keeper makes a cracking save. He should probably react faster to the rebound and bury it. But these things happen. I'm mm. not going to be. I mean, the keeper that made a great save on the rebound as yeah. well. To be honest, he got mm. his. He got like the top of his forehead to it or something. <laughs> I'd have scalped him. <laughs> it's one of those games where all the the key pieces in our puzzle, they all clicked and they all influenced the game. It wasn't like one person ran the show. They all got involved. Mm. You know, McGinn yeah. had some fantastic touches. There's the little flick yeah. down the corner. He sends the Norwich guy down the road. It's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought Al Ghazi, you know, again, you know, he, he should have scored when he hits the, the woodwork and he mm. gets two assists. You know, they, they've all, they all had end product. There's some consistency issues, isn't there? There, that the, El Ghazi is one I'd single out for that. That he had a fantastic. It was a great performance against Norwich overall. Um, I, I'd just like to see that on a run of maybe maybe three, four, five, six games where he's unplayable. Because I think when he's in the mood, oh yeah, uh, he, you know El Ghazi does look an absolute snip. But if he's if he's moody or if he's if it's not coming off for him, uh, you can almost see why he's why he had to come down to us in the championship and whatnot, yeah. can't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we, we said it before about him and with uh, with Al Ghazi. You know, he's a he's a he's a very good player when everything's rosy, and that the kind yeah. of game at Norwich was the perfect game for him, where he he would have got the sense quite early on. Oh, I'm I'm in the game here. I'm going to get a lot of the ball, mm. and I can be really positive. And when you tune it up, it's very easy to sort of start 
being a little bit more adventurous. I mean, a similar thing uh, can be uh, levelled at Wesley. This, I mean, if you want to call it uh, like fair weather player, where it's if it's going roses, then you know they're at it and they play with belief. But when it's you know when they have to tough it out, because we're going to need Wesley if we're playing you know the likes of Liverpool, Manchester, Manchester City, Manchester United, like we used to say mm. about Benteke. Where well, I would, I would say about Benteke with Benteke, you got a chance against anybody. So you need him mentally to be on tune that he's going to fight and fight and mm. fight and fight because he's you know he's got the uh, the strength etc to uh, trouble any defense if he applies himself uh, on that on that penalty just uh, on an aside I, don't, I have this thing about short run-ups I, I, I thought he was going to miss it as soon as he the stepped bloody up for that slow one. one wasn't it it was just he never quite fancied him yeah because he did that in pre-season and I was thinking, oh, he's one of these with his short run-up. And he, and he buried it in the top-hand corner. And he thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, he's Brazilian, fair enough. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> he's got an advanced way of taking penalties that... Uh, advanced, yes. <laughs> my like have not ever seen. <laughs> and so when he when he started to do his little uh, short stroll against Norwich, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, here we go, something, this is going to be... And then I thought, ah, he's, there's more pressure. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a friendly, he, he, um, a friendly against nobody, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is like it. proper... Yeah, he telegraphed it completely. Yeah, mm. I thought well, I, I thought it was a it was a well struck um, penalty, but it was it was a bit close to the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, what you mentioned about him planted in the top corner, we have actually got another Brazilian who came on and uh, <laughs> showed him uh, he, how to do uh, it. Just reminded him what a, goal. a player we've bought as as a as a DM. That boy can shoot, can't he? That that is well, I've got a feeling that uh, that's going to be his party trick. And oh. I think I think Nakamba's the man, isn't he, at the moment? I mean, he had a superb game and continues mm. to get better every time he steps on the field. I mean, he's mobile, yes. he gets around, he, he fills the, the pockets and the space and he just cuts them off, doesn't he? It's actually very exciting to have a, an array of options across across the midfield and they're start, starting to get a bit of a flavour, I think, of what people's roles are. This, this is the advantage, I think, we've got over the Norwiches in the division that we've we've got the ability to have a different style of play. We can adapt and actually we can absorb if we get injuries. We've got some strength in depth, finally. Uh, and, and I think that there's also the opportunity where in-game we can switch it up a gear. And that's why I think having players like El Ghazi and some of the supporting cast members, if you like, ticking over consistently is it players like Louise and uh, Nakamba are actually quite cultured footballers and can bring a lot to it too they're not just right like, this is a bit of a slight on Whelan but you just had to drop him in front of the defence and yeah. he's quite a, you know what I mean there's a bit more dimension yeah a bit yeah, more dimension yeah. to them and, and that's that's the real positive that and the frustration I think that we'd had in recent weeks is that we knew we had the potential to be more expansive and to actually release ourselves in, into the final third. It doesn't surprise me at all that we've stuck it converted into all the goals that it did, and it could have been a lot more, you know, because the opportunities fl- really were flowing. But going back to the, uh, let's say, the first uh, quarter of the game, or even first mm. third, it seemed like it was going to be a high scoring from both teams because yeah. Villa were pretty open. It was just Ming. Ming's is almost playing like a sweeper. I mean, at mm. times he's keeping he's keeping them on side, but he's kind of doing that because he's he's got this on position corners. He's got this free role where his role is to attack the ball. He's not marking. Mm. He's just he attacks the ball. Yeah. Wherever the ball goes, he's on it. And then he's, he's quite deep. I mean, he, he kept them on side uh, two or three times, but it's because he's playing this the last line of defence, man. Mm. It's almost like a sweeper, but obviously he's, he's not playing behind two uh, centre-backs. It, but it's quite an interesting role. He is like uh, the mountain. If you get through the defence, you've got to get past him. He's like the last man. Mm. He makes Heaton's life a lot easier apart from uh, when he just uh, has a collapse in concentration at the <laughs> end. Kicks it into that's, the yeah, sky. That's a pretty shambolic <laughs> consolation, but we'll, you know, we'll 
we'll put that to one side. But in side. terms of blocking and everything, he was, you know, he was everywhere. And he's, he's you know, he's, we, we give him all the credit for you know, his heading abilities, blocking, you know, he's a, he's a proper defender. But then you put, he you loves put it, him, yeah. But then you put yeah, him on the ball and he can play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, we said it numerous times, what England lack at the back. Mm. And you compare him to a Harry Maguire, who's supposedly a £70 million player. And in terms of footballing mm. ability, Mings just cleans up in terms of a more rounded player. To give it a bit of context, his uh, his gaff at the end is not necessarily a bad thing. I remember uh, Villa when they well, it was live on TV as well. Uh, even I think there was there was like twenty odd thousand at Villa Park when we played Everton live on TV and uh, beat them six two. And we were I think we we're six nil up. And then I think Paul McGrath scored an own goal, and you thought, ah. And then they they scored another one. And you thought, ah, six two. Ah, go on then. But yeah, so if McGrath did it, then if, you know we can forgive Mings because I think Mings is uh, heading that way of being uh, a massive uh, influence on this team's potential going forward. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The funny thing about the uh, the Norwich goal or their consolation goal to give it its official title was uh, the scorer running into the net to pick up the ball to kind of run it back. We're still in this, boys. Come on, lads. <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old chap. And then followed by goal music. Consolation goals getting goal music. <laughs> Greeted by a barrage of sarcasm from the away end. Bless them. Just to round it off on, on Mings, there, there was a, a couple of interesting videos from some Norwich vloggers. that uh, They make some references to Mings as though, and it actually shows you the ignorance of, of some fans actually, that he is, as Chris was saying, a, a much more rounded footballer than, than uh, he's given credit for. And I think... You know, you mentioned England as well, Dave, and, and he's far more cultured than two or three of the players who I think are in that mix of, of England at the moment. And yeah. I, I think there's another level to be attained for Mings that I, th- I, I think he's he's reached this perhaps pinnacle of his career um, or this part of his career. Uh, and and he's because his work ethic is fantastic. He, he doesn't waste much, but it, physically he's very, very, very imposing for attackers and, and not a lot gets past him. And I think if he could iron out, yeah, it's a weird, weird example with the Norwich game, but I think if he could iron out some of those unforced errors sometimes, and this is Villa as a whole, as much as it's Mings, I think he really does become the complete defender for us. And as you say, yeah. can re- has, carries that talismanic type. Because I think in, in the aura. early stages of that game, there's no way that game's uh, won by four goals. I th- mm. Norwich could have had a couple of goals before the uh, the halftime whistle blew, so it could have changed the dynamic of the game completely. Mm. I mean, they're lively going forward, Norwich. You know, they're not yeah, a very bad lively. Side. Yeah. You know, they've got Aaron's the the fullback is a very good player, and they they play good football, and they 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 got at Villa and they tried to have a go. I think Villa just got the goals just at the right times so when they sort of and they managed. You know, the third goal, you know, and Grealish buries it, and it's a brilliantly uh, mm. constructed goal that kills the game as a contest. Ultimately, yeah. mm. I mean, I think at two 0 to be honest, I think Smith would have been 
pretty much saying the same that if we get a third here it's a walk in the park and from then on it kind of was but it was great yeah. to see them actually get the third and go Do you know what we're going to go in for the kill here because a, a lot of times Villa in recent years would have gone 3-0 great and then we'd have been boring for the next 30-35 minutes yeah the fact that we actually had another gear to go into and then the guys who came off the bench all influenced the game. We didn't try and walk the ball in either. I mean, those those the final three goals were all from over twenty yards or on yeah. the D on the D. I think you'd have to go some way back to to find an example of, of three Villa midfielders uh, in Grealish, Hurahan, and uh, Louise scoring outside the box in one game, or even shooting. You know, we used to go long periods under Bruce where we wouldn't have a shot, let alone from outside the box. And you think, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, it's, it's a positive for for Smith really that. You know, we're going into a run of games now where obviously we've got Brighton coming up next and, and, a, and a number of fast sterner tests where it gives yeah. you some confidence that if we get opportunities in the game, that people will have the confidence to unleash, you know, and uh, you never know what you can achieve as Wolves showed at Manchester City. I think, yeah, I'm linking it to Wolves. I think the five-run result is big in itself, but just as a small little extra on top for the win, it became a slightly a bigger cherry, result. A cherry. Yeah, it was very much a cherry mm. on top because when you looked at the results the over the weekend with... I don't think Villa would have been expected by the neutrals to go to Norwich and win. Newcastle yeah. had beaten United. Wolves beat Manchester. I can't Man believe City. that. Probably. There's been some some pretty crazy results over the weekend. So actually, Villa are fortunate because if they'd have gone to Carrow yeah. Road and lost with Newcastle, Brighton yeah. and Wolves all winning unexpectedly, Villa's table position could have been a bit grim just mm. psychologically. So to to psychologically get the big win, you know, they've got the the uh, the away hoodoo. What was it? Something like fifteen hundred days and twenty two attempts for an away win in the Premier League, <laughs> which is staggering, really. Uh, Admittedly, obviously we weren't there for three years, but yeah, I mean that's those statistics are always a bit stat, silly but, um, when there's a big three year gap in there. But I think the point's important that that Chris is making that really it's it's about. You know, I, I thought uh, uh, we were in a bit of a false position, but on the other hand, you have to, with a number of Premier League games that have gone, you almost have to think, well, the you know the table doesn't lie, does it? You you get what you deserve a lot of the time. Exactly. I think it links into something else that David said a few podcasts ago as well, when especially when we'd been dropping. I think it was eight points from winning positions before yeah. before yeah. Uh, Norwich, which was that. Looking at some of the results, I mean, just this weekend, you know, we've we've just reeled off some what I consider to be quite strange results. And I've watched more Premier League football in the last, well, for two months than I have in three years, admittedly. But this is a division that I think if you get some traction in, there's not a lot of teams firing on all four cylinders for me. I, I, no, yeah, I agree. You know, you take the mental side of it. Liverpool now, I mean, I told you, at the, you know, before we started this season that Liverpool have fired up. They're, they're ultra-focused because they know if you can go a season and only get beat once and win the Champions League, you're good enough to win the title. Mm. And it's their primary focus. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool win the league and City win the Champions League because it's going to come a point where they'll realise that we can't win this fucking league. So let's concentrate on the Champions League. So suddenly they're concentrating on the Champions League and, you know, Villa play Manchester City. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be sampled when we get beat 8-0. <laughs> but, it's you know, their intensity is down. They're not chasing for the league title. So the league games are not uh, as important and then their focus isn't as strong as it would be. And, you know, the the teams that are fighting third and fourth, they're going to be able to drop points and still get in the third and fourth spot. I, I mean, think that like, might be a... That's why Leicester have got a season. chance of getting in there. You know, even teams mm-hmm. like Wolves, if they get their act together. Mm-hmm. I think that so far has been kind of the theme of the season in that you've obviously got City and Liverpool who really have got their house in order. 
But then you've got a lot of the big boys, your sort of United, Chelsea's, Arsenal, Spurs to a certain extent. Uh, they're all in transition. I mean, Spurs, I think, are about to be in transition, if I'm honest. Mm. But they've got three of these big teams who would normally, that top six would be a closed shop. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got Leicester come into the party who are, are well organised. They've got they've kept their team together from the last couple of years. You know, Wolves having Europe might affect them slightly. And then we've said it numerous times, you look at really the bottom sort of 12 teams. I mean, the fact that Everton, you'd have said, would have been, with the money they spent, would have been odds-on to finish seventh or eighth. And they're currently in the bottom three and look fucking dreadful. Mm. Um, It could be just a really wide-open season. I mean, just the fact that Newcastle under Steve Bruce have beaten both Spurs and Manchester United already. I mean, this is what I was saying, uh, I think, in the last episode, well, and uh, the ones before that, uh, obviously, uh, you just got to take your opportunity in game. If you got to get, it doesn't yeah. matter who you're playing, you've got to do it. And because other teams are, you know, they're taking scalps left, right, and center. So hopefully, this Norwich game will give them uh, the belief that they can, like, you know, finally execute teams and uh, get the three points. Because I'm looking forward to like when Villa play Wolves. I think you'll see two teams going toe to toe attacking. Mm. And, uh, you know, it should be a spectacle, uh, you know, whatever the score is in the end. Well, you'd like to think with you know, a team like Liverpool coming to Villa Park, I, I, I'd really, having not had it last season, I wouldn't have said because the pressure was on, it'll be, I'd be really excited to see this Villa team play a team kind of with very little expectation. I don't think many will expect Villa to turn up and turn Liverpool over, but it might be a... Apart from, apart from me, hands, apart from me, apart from you, but <laughs> potentially it's a actually, right there. Potentially taking the shackles off them, and Smith just saying, "Just go and have a go." Might suit them really well. I'm, g- I'm going to set myself up for a soundbite now because that uh, this this will probably sound a bit contradictory. I do think Liverpool are playing better than they were playing last season. They've, they've seemed to have, as, as Dave said, that they've they're sober focused on not on not having. I think a repeat of last term. But well, they didn't do anything that, wrong last term. They did absolutely nothing wrong apart from lose one game. They didn't, but that, that, that's the point that I'm making. That they've gone, in, they've gone into like this uber focused, uber streamlined, single mindedness this term, over and above that. But this season, I, I, they, they have had a, already some generous decisions going their in their way. I think, yeah. and, and no team's infallible either. That you know, I, well, they, I, I, I think, mean, they only won the last game with a last minute penalty. Well. And I think VAR can strike. Yeah, VAR can strike any team at any time. Yes, yeah. as, as we know all too well. Yeah, mm. I just want to go into that game. Uh, you know, obviously with a few more points on the board, mm. knowing that you've got a chance to you know have a have a go at them. And, I mean, I think uh, aside from the City and the Liverpool games, you look at what's sort of on the uh, reasonably immediate horizon with kind of you know we've got a trip to Wolves, I believe, in November. There's obviously Newcastle to come to Villa Park soon, which is an important <laughs> game for Villa. Get your potatoes. Yeah, you know, Brighton at home. I think Brighton at home is a really important one. Brighton and Newcastle is a really important yeah. game, especially knowing you've got to play City, Liverpool, Wolves and United around them. But yeah. the difference like, is that this time round, we are competitive and, you know, in the, in the in the years of Premiership malaise that we found ourselves in before, and this was one of, this was one of the huge benefits, I think, of getting down and you have, had that huge clear out and false starts left, right and centre. But as, as you were just saying, really, that we're not going into a game like Liverpool Hoping for a draw, we've actually got. I won't say expectation, but we've we've got the ability to cause an upset, and we. I think that we would try to do yeah. that. Yeah, weirdly enough, this team, obviously, if it's, it continues to progress, mm. 
it's more as as likely to get a win as it is to get a draw and a yeah. defeat. It's almost yeah. uh, it's kind of a flip a coin type routine and you against know, you anybody. Know this, this team will go down fighting. You know they won't be four yeah. nil down yeah. after fifty minutes in a half empty stadium and everyone. There's going, another no, sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know when we're into we're having this podcast on the steps of the Holt End and we're four nil down after twenty minutes and we've left <laughs> and we've walked out and we're all stood at the train out the door at four. Out the door at four. Yeah, that's, that, I think we should introduce that campaign before the Liverpool game. Out the door yeah. at four. If we go 4 nil down, we're all out. She's still, still going to town at half-time. I mean, I think I buggered off at 4 nil in the last time that Liverpool came. Seriously, I, I think we're going to have a go. And uh, if they're still 100% when they come to Villa Park, uh, we may be a threat to that. Uh, and they'll I mean, see do you us know what, we, we, we came close against Arsenal, we came close against Spurs, mm. but it would be great in the not-too-distant future to really put a marker down and make a big statement mm. and traditionally yes. if, even when we were shit really bad side under sort of Lambert I remember we'd turn over I think the season we uh we didn't we turn over Chelsea at home one year we had Man City the same season we'd turn them oh, over we were Chelsea's bogey team for, for yeah, a couple yeah. of seasons I remember the, the, you know, the famous Delft Mourinho could never and, beat us at Villa Park no. and there was the 3-2 winning against Sun City so even when we were dreadful we'd still <laughs> Get a couple of scouts <laughs> we through dreadful. the season, and we were. This was a bad Villa team, right? Uh, I mean, it was all good, all positive vibes. I mean, the I think the Prince George, if uh, everybody's seen the video of that, uh, especially the second part where he's just freaking out, he's going mad. It's proper royal <laughs> limbs, isn't it? Then he transitioned, <laughs> yeah, royal. Give it royal limbs. There's a new saying. Then he transitioned into polite, uh, stately applause. That was that was quite funny. But uh, but no, I, I didn't know he'd, he'd been converted to a villain so uh, so quickly. I was quite surprised. Uh, Good lad. The force, the villa force, is strong in that family, and I, and I see uh, there's another as well. Is it Charlotte? Yeah, it's a full family trip, wasn't it? Yeah, she was there. She'll be turning to the villa side soon. Uh, but the only thing that put a dampener on the weekend was uh, this video that uh, floated around. Uh, the Nakamba song. I mean, there's a few Nakamba songs, but this is the racist version. Uh, mm. I mean, the Esri concert one went out, but then, you, you know, it's just one reference and you just think, well, you know, it's just dumb people not really uh, knowing what they're saying. And, you know, they're thinking, you know, they're being funny, you know, and they're not intentionally being racist it's just the way it comes out there was the black tammy one which is another case of people thinking they're clever and not really realizing the context but in this nakamba one when you've got when you've strung together three which are race related slurs it's just some sorry three strikes and you're out you you know you've got to call that out Mm. i mean if you haven't heard it it's basically marvelous nakamba i'm not singing it in rhyme marvelous nakamba his dad's a rasta mcginn's his master his cock's fucking massive when you manage to get crowbar in slavery in there as well it's uh, a I connotation to slavery it's like yeah, yeah. Um, i think i mean it's all wrong i mean I, I, you know it doesn't take me or anyone else to i think necessarily sit here or online and and do that. i think that the, the the bigger issue is that it just can't it just needs to stop happening and uh, yeah. There needs to be a, some self-policing on the concourse, really. The yeah, I mean, you, can, you know, young lads should know better, but it's it's a thing of education. Correct me if I'm wrong. Out people out there uh, may know more about them than I do, but you know, kick it out to me is just telling people this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Wearing a t-shirt saying "kick it out," hashtag "kick it out." I mean, this is funded by uh, you know the Premier League, FA, etc. But I I want to know more about their educational element. What are people doing? 
to connect with people on the you know concourses and say, look, this is out of order and it's offensive to the the people it portrays in in it. Well, yeah, the the players who are pulling on the shirt for us at the end of the day, I think it's racism masked in what some sort of perceived humour, which I, yeah, I find really banter. bizarre. You know, this isn't. Yeah, and and that that's the uncomfortable bit for me that that this song in particular it shows it's not a level of ignorance. It's actually there's there's well one reference in particular is is, is a blatant slavery reference you know and it's yeah. uh not cool at all really and i think that if it gets masked under this banter uh, this banter notion when you know just because it isn't like some of the the really really outrageous racist abuse that you see that we've seen even this season in in syria you know lukaku suffered some terrible racist abuse just recently just because it's not like that then it's it's okay and it's confined to a few people but i think if if it's normalized and it's accepted uh, and and as you say three or four times now where uh, it hasn't really been dealt with and this is uh, a club responsibility as well mm-hmm. and there's another mm-hmm. thing that's insulting is when people think when dumb people think they're clever and they're not mm-hmm. that's just just insulting as well one yeah. of the big things that, as well when you you you, you mention it and I, I know all of us mentioned it on uh, on twitter after the game and got varying degrees of answers from different people and when people come back and condone what they're doing by saying oh don't be a snowflake and you kind of mm-hmm. think Oh wow, okay. This is this is pretty deep rooted in the psyche, and and yeah. as well, I mean, to add my little sixpence, what is the obsession with teenage <laughs> lads in the villa away end and black dicks? Yeah, it's well, like, it's, it's a bit fucking weird. It is weird. It is. And, weird. As, and aside from anything else, putting my sixpence in, it's kind of like as someone who works in music for a living. Aside from anything else, the racism. It's a fucking shit song. It's rubbish. <laughs> it is well, fucking. Yeah. It's just a crap chant. Yeah. Like, come on, be creative. Like. I mean, we've basically ripped off pretty much every other club's songs bar Yippie and My Own Man anyway. So it's kind of like, yeah. come on, do something genuinely and witty. My, my Own Man was used, uh, it's used by Arsenal and Manchester. I mean, part of the reason I set My Own Man up and, and took the name was to claim it 100% for Villa. It's not, <laughs> you know, it, it's not particularly witty. And there's been, I mean, I've been in the whole tender on numerous occasions and to away grounds. And generally speaking, our fan base, and I think it's generally a, a Midlands thing, because to be fair to the Blues, they're the same. It's They're, they're quite a witty bunch. And you think, yeah. where is this? This is just, it's crap humour. It's inane, isn't it? It's, it's inane. inane. It's like a bunch of 12-year-olds. Yeah, it's just like, let's just make up any old song that everyone else is singing and just shoehorn a load of words in. It's just like... Come on. I mean, Norwich is a fucking long journey. You've got at least three and a half, four hours to get there. That's four <laughs> hours a, of drinking time on the coach. Think about it a bit. Take a fucking notepad and pencil and uh, come up with some better tunes. Give someone a guitar. But when it comes down, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, it's just not funny. No. Yeah. But no, but it's, it's not. This isn't virtue signaling and any of that bullshit. This is just like sane, reasonably intelligent people saying that's just wrong. And if you went to court, there's only one winner in terms of proving whether it's racist or not. So, you know, it's simple as that. This is not little, you know, this, you know, three strikes in one song. I mean, come on. One, you can go, ah, oh, you know, naivety, toxic banter. But uh, three, it's like, yeah, that's, that's just not on. And if people hear it on the concourse, you've got to shut it down. Because the club won't do anything. And, you know, I'll have a word with the club about this in terms of educating rather than just say, no, this is wrong. Because when you say something's wrong, the first thing you want to do is rebel against it. Or just, you know, treat them in the way that they'll listen to. Just get Grealish to be very public and go, lads, you're being dicks. Shut up. Not like Nancy around with it and be like, you know, oh, we need to send out a load of pamphlets 
Anyway, we will uh, see what happens in terms of that, but it can't go on. It's uh, it's just not on. Do we need to say anything else about the Norwich game? Uh, I mean, there is that the, you can take away uh, the fact we, you know, it's one win and we're going in the right direction now, but we are far, far from out the woods. Oh, it's the international break now, so we can relax. We don't have to uh, talk about Brighton and what they're up to. We're off to Iran. We're off to Iran. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> actually i thought this would be a bit more wilder but we don't know we, we we're still a bit confused when we win games so we'll we'll work that one out over the international break i think we've we've kind of uh we'd call it like we're about par for the course because we kind of expected to beat burnley and go to norwich and win so we're kind of par for the course for the week and i'm still pissed off yeah. about the arsenal result yeah i am still that, that's that one right because <laughs> yeah. you know after, the first thing i did when we, we beat norwich was i thought okay so what happens if we got those two points against west ham and the three that we I should have exactly against arsenal same. oh fuck we're in the we're in the champions league places <laughs> yeah that was before the the last batch of games i haven't i haven't worked it out on the uh the most recent table because i did the same and i was being reasonably um conservative and i'd said you know if we'd have got a point at spurs a point against Bournemouth, a point at Palace, even a point at Arsenal. No, no, we three points Arsenal, come on. Even ten, if we've been conservative, Ten fucking though, men. We could, ten we could, we ten could fucking men e- at half-time, 1-0 up, you've got to win that fucker. Yeah, what you're saying we, is when Liverpool, Liverpool should be coming to Villa Park for the top of the table clash. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> yes. could very easily, by, by not being, we've, we've said this so many times, but by not being <laughs> a heck of a lot better, we could be four, six points better off and yeah. have clear daylight between us and the bottom three. Yeah. Which in We've the only got about one point at the, the moment. That is the plan. Yeah. You know, it, it, as I said earlier, it, be, it becomes a big win when you look at the other results around us. Mm, does. Yeah. It was a big win in terms of us getting stuck in some quicksand, I would I would venture. Mm. Yeah. Also a good win because it does address the goal difference. Uh, I mean, if you look around us, especially below us at the moment, there's. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for clues how the season's going to pan out, and you see teams with like minus seven, minus eight, minus you know eleven goal differences already after not a lot of games, and Villa's, I think it's plus one at the moment. My observation of some of the other teams I've seen play so far, and I see a lot of teams who are playing as as we were when we got relegated, that they're set up to not lose, yeah. and that I think plays to our advantage. Yeah, I agree. No, exactly. We're not going down, but if we are, we're going down fighting, and uh, I think mm. we're going to win more because we've got solid enough defence as well. Proactive teams generally get rewarded in this division. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, please do subscribe uh, on whatever vehicle you are listening to this show on, uh, whether it be Spotify, Apple, or one of the many podcast apps. Please do join the. F- mad few facebook group if you want to converse throughout the week uh, regarding topics that we've mentioned and flag other things up for our consideration uh, any final words gentlemen as we uh, slip off into the night onwards and upwards right. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> right upwards and onwards and onwards and upwards and on that note it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye my old man Hogan did play uh, and scored a last-minute winner what? as Stoke somehow managed to beat Swansea, who I think they were top. Swansea were top, were they not, before the game? They were. Crazy. 2-1 away from uh, home. Scott Hogan came on in the 64th minute and changed the game. Wow. Do you know yeah. how many touches he had? Ten. One. <laughs> Second, go on then, quick, quick oh, no. this, is, this is like a five-a-side game. Uh, next guess, Chris Budd. Eight. Seven. Ooh. 
third go. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, I've got, it's got to be more than it. Twelve. Thirteen. Rogers wins. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was six. It was six. So your seven uh, was the closest oh, one. Oh, Chris, you are a Tyrone <laughs> Mings back pass buddy. <laughs> that, that wasn't. That was just a friendly game, but you still, still the same outcome. It's never a friendly. Could you play? Could you play the consolation music, please? <laughs> <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.